What's going on, everybody? This is uh, episode three of the Off Key Podcast, a show about music. Uh, I think that's our official title now. I'm Sean Barry. Uh, is my, on Apple. <laughs> my longtime colleague and, and very good friend Steve Schmidt is with me as well. Uh, we've been having a lot of fun doing this, so we're going to keep it going. And we hope you guys that are listening are enjoying discovering some new music with us. And if you, um, we checked some of the downloads and numbers and we saw we have listeners in Utah or people that downloaded in Utah, Virginia, and Texas. That's cool as hell. We think it's awesome. So if you're those listeners in Utah, Virginia, and Texas, thank you very much. Uh, if you folks out there have uh, suggestions for us on some things to check out, go on the YouTube page, leave them in the YouTube comments, uh, subscribe on Spotify. We appreciate it. We think it's really, really cool. Um, so we're going to do our third episode and talk about what we've been listening to this week and uh, what, what's caught our attention. So um, from there, I mean, uh, what's what's been your, your hot shit this week, Steve? What have you been listening to? Uh, well, first of all, I just want to say that we are creating playlists to go along with these episodes for the people this that is, have asked. This is true. Yes. This is um, true. Because of copyright laws and all that, you know, fair use stuff, we can't actually put audio in the show. So we are creating playlists to kind of go along with it for both movies, trailers, music, albums uh, that kind of go along with what we talk about. So check that out if you have a chance. Um, I think it'll help you get a better understanding of what we're talking about. Um, and one of the things we talked about this week and we talked about last week and we're no longer going to talk about after this week um is strand of oaks because i've really been kind of digging into that a little bit more i know we talked about it last week but well and i and i dug into them a little bit more as well so you know it's like obviously i think there's always going to be that two-week range of where we're kind of talking about an artist for roughly two weeks if we talk yeah. about it for three weeks it might be too much we might need to keep a oh yeah three weeks. in every three other week limit it's like the urinal rule yeah <laughs> just have to space it out yes. social distance our artists for the week yes that's but, true. No, um, so actually, we've been kind of getting a little bit more feedback from Instagram. And one of the guys that mentioned it was this guy, Tall Tim, real name unknown. Um, but shout and, out to Tall Tim. We appreciate it. Yeah. And so he gave us a little feedback on Strand of Oaks about sort of some videos to check out on YouTube in terms of the Road to Lollapalooza and his best, co or best kept secret festival 2015 and 2017 performances. Um, I got through the 2015 performance and the Road to Lollapalooza video. And what both of those did basically was give a great backstory of who Tim Showalter is as a person, especially circa 2015, because this is a guy who was basically cutting his teeth for the longest time, trying to kind of build a career. And he kept being told from everybody around him that, hey, um, you know, you're, you're the best kept secret. And you know, somebody's going to discover you one day. And he's basically like, I still need to pay my bills. You know, my wife's working yeah. two jobs. Like I can't feed my family off of this stuff, but come 2015, he comes out with heel. And that's when he kind of really takes off. And the road to Lollapalooza video was kind of a good backstory of where he was in his life right then. Um, and it kind of talks about his upbringing in terms of he grew up with rheumatoid arthritis so it's a guy that was basically in pain and antisocial sort of all his growing up because he was just constantly uncomfortable. Um, yeah. But it kind Rheumatoid of arthritis is no joke. Google it. Cause I did actually did a report on it in health class, like my sophomore year. Oh really? Yeah. Rheumatoid arthritis is like, 
it's not fun for people who have it. It's it can be very very painful. Yeah, but I think it kind of helped develop him into the person he was because, like, you see a picture of him and he kind of looks like a grungy Jesus. I think. It's <laughs> a very very accurate way to describe him. Yeah, and uh, I th- I and think you mean no harm to your personal uh, self esteem. Oh yeah. Yes. But it, I mean, basically. I had never heard an interview with him. I'd heard his music. Um, and obviously the themes in them are pretty deep and dark and everything. So I would imagine a conversation with someone like him would be overly serious and maybe, you know, not exactly the most cheerful. But of mm-hmm. all the interviews and things that I listen to, he's one of the most genuine sounding people um, and most friendly sounding people I think I've ever met, mm-hmm. um, which I haven't met him, but in terms yeah. of interviews... <laughs> Well, we will soon. We'll have him on the show by the 50th episode. So. That's our goal. Zach that's, Brown, that's, still probably episode five. <laughs> um, that would be awesome if that actually happened. That's our goal. One day, Zach that Brown, guest star. Oh, Just get him on Zoom. Foreshadowing. But, <laughs> so, um, but actually, that had kind of cut off my story with Strand of Oaks is because I haven't listened to anything past 2015, which is Heal, which is what broke him out of the mold and got him into sort of um, a more popular level of stardom. Um, gotcha. And basically what happened after that was he put out another album that was called Hard Love and that was more like the radio executives telling him what to do. Mm-hmm. Um, he was trying to churn out more singles and everything and make it put more... Out the hits. Yeah, so basically it got more criticism from fans, I think. Um, I listened through it and there is a notable difference. I don't think it's a bad album. Um, What's the name of the album again? I'm sorry. It's called Hard Love. and Hard Love. Uh, yeah, gotcha. and it, it still received like positive reviews for most of it, but he was unhappy with it. And so what had happened is he had kind of gone on this streak of being away from home all the time. Um, drug use, alcohol use, all that stuff kind of <laughs> began to rise and shocking yeah um (laughs) so so basically after that like he had entered 2018-19 kind of ready to walk away from music and this is somebody who like lived with his records from a young age because you know he didn't have a lot of friends because he wasn't really like you know because of the arthritis and everything um which I don't know what that's like, but I'm assuming it's terrible. But, you know, so he's living out this sort of childhood dream of becoming a rock star and it's not everything that it's cracked up to be. And he's like really worn out by it. Um, so what had happened is like 2018, 19 comes along and he puts out this album Eraserland, which is the result of him being ready to kind of quit music and like that dream altogether. But the people from My Morning Jacket, which was, I think everyone but the singer, which I'm not super familiar with my morning jacket. I know one of their albums, but I don't know names, you know, by heart. Um, I won't hold that against you because I don't know you. But it was like this sort of all-star cast of like them, uh, Jason Isbell, and like I think some other people that they were like, you need to make more music. We will be your backing band. Um, Because he also lost. Yeah, I mean, he lost his band, I guess, as a result of this. Um, Okay. So it was just all these bad things that were falling apart. And the whole album is basically about coming back to loving music again. Did you hear uh, the train? Yes, we got the train. It took three episodes. <laughs> but he lived by a train station 
and everybody's so if you ever hear the train whistle it's not like a you know a sounder or anything like that in a podcast it's just see lives by a train and gets to hear it frequently everybody forgets about hobo joe <laughs> so uh yeah you just heard the train but anyway so he it was the album was about coming back to music and yeah and i mean the whole, the guy's tim showalter is the guy behind strand of oaks and his whole backstory is just kind of filled with unfortunately these like kind of traumatic um sad events but every album seems to be about overcoming those events and that's what's really unique because even when heel came out he got in a horrific car accident mm -hmm. like the week before he was supposed to record it um where he got basically they hit a patch of ice on christmas day and a semi truck took out their car <laughs> but you know and they went and That's recorded crazy. an album about it yeah crazy. so he's uh, had an interesting life but um i think Eraserland was great there's a couple songs on there uh weird ways is probably one of my favorites off the album it's the, the first song off of it um okay ruby was kind of more the single and i think it's about his grandmother but okay. it's um a lot of it's just about reflection and getting caught in the past and looking towards the future at the same time um because okay. the last track on the album i think it's called forever chords but that one was it's like a nine minute song but it just builds and builds and builds and there's like a huge payoff at the end because it's weird because the album starts with weird ways and the it's line in records yeah it's the last track on the album all right but, i just want to make sure i have the name right it's it'll be on my list yeah but like the album opens with him singing the line i don't feel it anymore mm -hmm. and it's literally him saying like i don't care about music anymore mm -hmm. and the album seems to be this evolution of him being pulled back into loving music that's cool and that's so really forever cool. chords is basically finding that love through music despite what had happened behind him like in the past yeah yeah prior so that's really cool. it's you know it, and only knowing this backstory really elevates that album to a level that makes it really relatable uh, and, i was gonna say it seems like it's working for you quite heavily <laughs> yeah and so i mean really digging your nose in and knowing that backstory i think is important and one thing I did find in an interview about it was that um, he had gone to that both nights of fish at Wrigley. And I was said, there. Yeah. <laughs> I was at both of them. It was an interview. And he actually, um, he said his like manager or his agent or whatever said like, hey, you're coming to the show. I have tickets to both nights. And he said he had never heard a fish show before, but he's like, it was the equivalent of 30,000 people hugging you at the same time. Dude. It's like, it's, it was a joyous concert. And he said he like immediately fell in love with fish. It's, and it's one of the best musical experience. The, seeing fish live is something that only people that see fish live can, you know what I mean? Like, it's just, you have to go. Yeah. It doesn't matter if you know the band or not, everybody should go to one fish concert in their life and just at least experience it. If you don't get it or have a good time after that, then fine. But seeing one show is just worth the price of admission. But, oh, yeah. And not just because of the band, but because of the people there. <laughs> yeah. It's a spectacle is the best way to describe it. I, I, I only mentioned that mostly because he actually did a recording of Dirt for this particular magazine or interview or website, whatever. Did he really? 
Yeah, and it's like a six-minute version of Dirt. Well, it, that's like a, the first thing I'm going to listen to when yeah. we get done. And uh, it's more of like a psychedelic sort of, I don't know how to describe it, but it was kind of a cool rendition of a song that I personally – Dirt is one of my favorites of Fish. I, I love that song. It's a great it's song. Such a simple song, but yeah. like, still love uh, it. And they don't play it too often, but every time I hear it, I just really get get happy about it. I'm really glad in our prior conversations to talking about kind of like things we were going to do this week or, to, you know, kind of like the, the, the pre-show production discussions that you did not mention that once because I'm like jacked up now to listen to that. I just found out about it last night. Just found out. I was going to tell you today, but I'm very excited. <laughs> so I'll, I'll send you the link after this. Actually, just go YouTube it. It's uh, I, like, I it's it's written down. And I'm very excited to listen to it. Great, but um, so yeah, I mean, basically, the other thing I took away from it was the Best Coast Festival really just proved them as a live band to me. Um, not Best okay. Coast, but Best Kept Secret because. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean that's just the other thing that Tall Tim had recommended. But you, you watched the you watched the one from twenty fifteen, right? Yeah, and that was right after Heal came out. And that was eight tracks of of Heal. So I watched the one from twenty seventeen because we both yeah. did kind of dive into the band a little more thanks to, to Tall Tim, uh, one of one of our I think like seventeen Instagram followers. But we appreciate all of them. Um, but for me, at least. I didn't hate the live performance, but I didn't love it. it I just thought it was okay. Yeah. And I didn't watch 2015, so maybe I need to go back and watch 2015 um, and kind of see the differences. Like I said, I didn't think the, the live performance I watched was bad, mm-hmm. but it just, like, it wasn't um, – I guess it wasn't as good as I anticipated it being. Um, but I do – I from, like, I you know, I – I dove more into the Strand of Oak stuff. Like Goshen 97, I think is a great song. Um, mm. I'm glad I got to explore some of his music a little bit more because he's definitely somebody uh, I want to, you know, make sure I keep in mind as I move forward in, you know, diving into music and things of that nature. But I did, uh, I did really enjoy several of his songs. So uh, the live performance was not what I had hoped, but that's okay, man. And, you know, I can check out 2015 and maybe it's much better. And I mean, that was one that, um, you know, I checked out the set list for 2017 and it was more, it was, there were eight songs, I think total. And half of them were from hard love, which was the album that didn't do as well. And the other okay. half was from heal, um, okay. which was kind of the more popular album that came two or three years prior. And again, mm-hmm. in 2015, you have a guy who's been playing clubs and losing money going on tour yeah. for years now. And now he's going to this thing. And the Best Kept Secret Festival is actually kind of a cool concept because it's the idea of they sort of tie in lesser known artists mm-hmm. with higher bills because they want to kind of make it so that you don't know this band, but they deserve to be at kind of a higher bill. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. So... Basically, he was given this chance, and I think he really was out there to take it because he was hitting that festival circuit and getting a lot more exposure. Yeah. Um, but it was the album itself has a lot of synthesizers and it's very, you know, soaked in this sort of um, 
moodier feel, I guess you could say, but the performance to me was a lot heavier with like guitars, drums, and bass. Having a lot of fun and it was just, it was very full and it sounded bigger than it did on the album, I think. The album itself. Yeah, but I mean, he just, he seemed like a guy who was up there like taking advantage of the moment. And that's really, awesome. And that's really that's what awesome. I think like, that's what I got out of that whole thing was that. Yeah, I'll have to check out the 2015 performance then over the next like week or 10 days. Yeah, it's, it's only like 40 minutes, but. Between um, episode three and episode four, because I'm sure there will be an episode four. <laughs> yeah, but it it appreciated, it made me appreciate songs on that album that I didn't necessarily appreciate before. Um, in a new light. And I think this well, song, JM, at the end was a lot. Uh, well, I will go back and I will listen to 2015, but we will not talk about it on next week. <laughs> the end of Strand of Oaks. And we might talk about it in week four. Who knows? We'll not talk about it in week three. But we're done with it for now. That's what, 15 minutes? <laughs> That's, it's, yeah, it's been, uh, it's been right around there. So. Uh, That's the end of the show, folks. No. <laughs> No, we got another 45 minutes, even though we're trying to keep it shorter. It's still going to be another another hour-long episode. Perfect. And we hope you enjoy it. But, uh, yeah, um, what else did you check out? Is there anything? So kind of one thing that kind of bounced back to what we t- you mentioned last week was Chitty Bang. Uh-huh. And that was something I had checked out um, a couple times just to kind of, like, it was a fun album. And I listened to, was it the preview, was the one with kind of all the um it was sort of a collection of they sample a lot of like early 2010s uh you know around that era of indie rock bands mm-hmm. and i know they sample passion pit they sample mgmt mm-hmm. they sample uh sufjan stevens in that okay. all things go song yeah so it's kind of cool because you have this hybrid of hip-hop and rap which is something that seems like a world away from from Sufjan Stevens. <laughs> yeah, you know, and yet there's this sort of... All Things Go is a great song. Oh, it's the, amazing. The, the, yeah. the Chitty Bang version. So I'm, yeah. glad, I'm glad you liked it, though. I'm glad that's... That, well, it's fun. And like the other songs on there. very major key. Like most of the stuff they do is very major key. Yeah. Uh, generally speaking, even the songs that are like lyrically kind of have... Uh, like he he sings on the one album, uh, I think the song is called "Bad Day." Yes. But the chorus is "Every day ought to be a bad day for you," and I, I'm assuming he's singing about an ex-girlfriend. Probably. But, <laughs> but despite the lyrical content of the song being rather exceptionally negative, the tone of the song still has like this upbeat vibe to it, and there that contrast is very, I think, pleasing to the ear. Yeah. Um, but if you've never checked out Chitty Bang, I would highly recommend checking them out. Not to you know to the uh, to the royal we here out out there listening. Well, I think it was I was just listening to so much Strand of Oaks. I needed something to kind of <laughs> really lift my spirits. Yeah, it um, sounds like that may have been the case. Yeah, but I mean it's fun, you know, and that's what it was. And even that like because I think Chitty Bang was a duo. I don't totally understand the balance of it. Because he had, uh, I don't know if the other guy was the producer or whatever. But to my knowledge, it's it's basically he has his main producer, who I believe he refers to as Snafu, and I did not do any research on it. Yeah. Uh, 
and then you have the rapper himself. So, uh, which but I believe actually old. I don't know if he still does, but he owns the Guinness World Record for longest freestyle rap, and it was <laughs> it's like nine hours and some. What? Yeah. No. Yeah, he, he had to take two bathroom breaks to get through it. But he was still rapping the whole time. Yeah, it was like his. I don't know what the goal was, but well, the goal was probably to <laughs> break the record for longest freestyle rap. But yeah, that's uh, the the dude from Chitty Bang owns the at least as of like 2013. I don't know if someone else broke it now, but it was like nine hours. I had hours. no clue that that was the case. I don't know if and there's a recording just, of that. Just so uh, I want to like make sure, you know, we give people their proper credit here. Cause I really enjoyed shitty bangs music, but they are broken up currently from what I'm reading right now. And uh, the rapper's name is Chidera Anameje is mm-hmm. what it looks like a-n-a-m-e-g-e um and then he works with his partner uh whose name is noah barrison and noah works under the stage name zafoon jones uh they're from philadelphia which actually what's kind of interesting is uh from just i don't know the vibe i get from their music I, philadelphia kind of makes sense to me that's interesting i, I mean Maybe I'm crazy. Maybe I'm just making that shit up in my head. But seeing that... I definitely got an East Coast vibe out of it. But seeing that makes sense to me. It makes sense to me. And maybe our listeners will be like, you're an idiot. Shut up. But I think they went to uh, Drexel, I think is what it was. Drexel, okay. Kind of, or, um, which I think is East Coast. But I didn't know... Uh, yeah, it looks like they... Um, but it totally makes sense. It seems like the kind of... like. If you're going to be mixing sort of, at least in that era, like, you know, Sufjan Stevens and these sort of indie bands, like it seems sort of a, like, I don't know, like East Coast thing. I can imagine them growing up in like New York and then like hanging out in Greenwich Village and then getting exposure from sort of uh, hipsters or something. But I'm, did, I'm glad he liked it because it's something that actually a bartender that I used to work with introduced me to and i was unaware of them and i've always kind of dabbled through it uh little by little and heard more and more songs by them and it just seems like every song i hear by them i enjoy uh yeah so and they did have that mind your manners song which had travis mccoy from gym class heroes Mm -hmm. um which made me want to go listen to i think the paper cut chronicles paper cut chronicles yeah I don't care about anything they did after that. Like that well, album. I, I don't think. I don't. I mean, even the Papercut Chronicles was like it was good, but it wasn't. I didn't think it was like amazing, but it was oh, good. No, but like looking back on it, like it was one of the first hip hop acts that I think made that cross connect to the pop punk scene. Oh, for sure. Yeah, like definitely in that kind of in that kind of realm. Yeah, and I think remember when they put out that taxi driver song and yes. it was just like a name yes. dropping of every yes. like it was every, very clever. It was entertaining. Yeah, every fueled by ramen van that was on there yeah. that they could possibly reference. Like Sunny um, Day Real Estate, whatever they said. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but no, but I'm glad you enjoyed it. Uh, like I said, I mean, I listen to I listen to Kid Cudi Radio a lot when I run, uh, yeah. and they're kind of in that same realm of like, you know, uh, 
I don't know. I don't know what to call it, but whatever. That kind of uh, vibe of hip hop and that it's comes been- up on there a lot. And so, like I said, over the last like five, seven years, I've just heard more and more of their songs and I just really enjoy their music. Yeah. And I think it was a very specific era of hip hop where it was that sort of when Pursuit of Happiness came out, uh-huh. there was that sort of, I don't even know how to describe the sound. Um, but it was kind of short lived, yeah. I think. But it was that. I know. I wish it was longer lived. <laughs> yeah. Um, but it was a lot of. Like it was hip hop that almost bridged the two like scenes of music in terms of the indie scene. Um, you know, with your, your sort of indie rock bands crossing over into that rap realm. Well, yeah, and then you saw, like, B.O.B. do, like, the Vampire Weekend song. Um, yeah, and there was, like... awesome. I love that song. Mm-hmm. Uh, I can't remember the name of it right now, but uh, I love that freaking song. Uh, but, yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm glad you liked it. So what else? Was there anything else on your, uh, your kind of to-do list or... Um, yeah. I mean, I dove you- into Beck a little bit. Um, I listened to Hyperspace. I know we talked about that last week. The the album was good. Um, I think again, it's sort of there's this new trend that like everything has to go retro and synth wave, um, sort of this '80s sound and feel to it, where everything's got to have that synthesizer like mm-hmm. beat to it. Um, the which, '80s are coming back big. I feel like in music. <laughs> yeah, and which is cool. And it's fashion like, and fashion too. <laughs> yeah. And, or at least um, the early 90s are. Yeah. But I, I think that's kind of where that kind of fell. It, to me, it meandered a little bit. Like, it never... Um, like, it wasn't to say I didn't enjoy it, but it didn't really go anywhere for me. Okay. That's um, fair. I mean, everybody's different. You know? Yeah. And, 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 again, it was just like a recreational listen. It was something that I was cooking dinner and listening to it. Um mm-hmm. So it was kind of in the background, but okay. uh, again, enjoyable. I liked it. Um, yeah. I liked the sound of it and everything, but yeah. you know, there was never that moment where you like, you'll listen to an album and then all of a sudden you kind of hear that moment where you, you, your ears perk up and you pay attention. Yeah. You never had that kind of like, Oh, I got to make sure I'm really focused on this moment. Yeah. It was like the whole album went by and then I realized, Oh, okay. It's done. Like okay. it just sort of stayed at. I one did mention plane. that the album had a very nice flow to it. <laughs> yeah, and because that's the thing is, it could be a good thing, it could be a bad thing, and it yeah. could also just be like I'm not giving it the listen that it deserves. Um, yeah, no, and I and I get both sides of it completely. Yeah. Uh, but but uh, I did I did end up checking out Morning Phase. I think we should talk about more about that later. Uh, but right now. no. Well, like the stuff, so what I listened to this week, uh, like what I thought was the most unique listener, like the best thing I listened to or most interesting was, uh, I again went to just like a top 50 list or like I went to the, I researched a, a, the best album so far 2020. That's what it was. Yeah. And I saw like Fiona Apple on there and I think I'm going to put that on my list for like this coming week or whatever. Um, and I saw some other artists on there, but I checked out. Uh, I checked out an artist named Perfume Genius who I've never heard of in my life. Uh, <laughs> but I was like, okay, for whatever reason, I was just like, that's who I'm picking. Like the name is intriguing enough 
that I want to see what's going on here. So I put the album on, um, and it was very, very unique. It was one of the most, it was one of the most interesting albums I've heard in a while in terms of the range from song to song. Uh, it has like a very indie vibe at times. It has a very almost David Bowie vibe, like at times in terms of like this slow, almost like glam rock kind of thing going on. Nice. Um, the vocals, like his singing, his range is shockingly impressive. Uh, it was just a very unique album. And the production value on the album, I thought was really well done. Uh, and like I said, just the range of, of tones you kind of get. Um, there is kind of a connection. I feel like, you know, you can kind of, there's times in each song that the vibe is the same or similar two previous songs. Um, but overall, I did feel like there's some songs you go from one track to the next and it almost sounds like it might be uh, a different album or perhaps a different artist. But um, the guys, are, the artist goes by the name of Perfume Genius. I'm gonna pull up his bio real quick because I wanna- Is that the only album that he's put out? No, uh, he's got other albums too, so. Uh, his name is Mike Hadrius or Hadreus. We changed uh, the name of the show to Two Old Men Find Out About Music. <laughs> I would call it like middle aged. Oh, yeah. Right. Yeah, you know, I wouldn't say old yet, but we're not 40, so. It's true. Uh, but, anyways, so his name is Mike uh, Hadreus and uh, says his music spans fragile piano ballads and swaggering glam rock as he explores sexuality, homophobia, domestic abuse, uh, and with brutal and often poetic honesty. I will say lyrically, some of his songs, like you listen to them and they are, there is like some culture shock there at times. And it was just very interesting. Like the whole album kept my attention the whole time. Mm -hmm. uh, and there were some songs on there that I thought were really good. Uh, there were like one, I would say probably my favorite song on the album um, was I think the song is called On the Floor. I think it's like the sixth song on the album. And then Describe, which is the second song on the album. Uh, both of those songs are, are, are kind of different in their, like, from each other. But then uh, the other two tracks that I really thought were interesting were the track Jason and the track Same Dream. But Jason was probably the most interesting to me. And I say that because uh, when I heard the song, I no longer thought it was him singing. I thought it was a female vocalist that like he invited to sing on the record. Okay. And so I did some brief research today. Uh, brief research today on the track. And from what I could tell, it's still him singing. So I think it's just like a testament to like his vocal range. Like I, I thought it was a woman singing in a very high voice. Is it uh, Go ahead. Did it sound manipulated in terms of like auto tune? No, it or did anything? not. It did not. That's the other thing. Like, just really I hitting those falsetto notes. Yeah, like I didn't catch a lot of that in the album. Like, I felt like, and maybe I'm wrong. I very well could be, but I don't think I am. Um, but if I am, someone please let me know if you're listening and you're a fan <laughs> of his or whatever. Please tell me I'm wrong. I'm totally okay with it. Uh, 
but I, I just thought vocally it sounded so high and so different that I honestly thought it was a different person singing the track. Um, but those were like the four tracks I thought uh, to me were the most enjoyable or most, you know, most memorable on, on the album. It's like 13 songs. And by the way, the album is called uh, Set My Heart on Fire Immediately, which yeah. I also thought was an interesting name for an album. And that's the one with uh, the black and white photo on the front. Yeah, I had posted it to like our Instagram account when I was listening to it. Uh, but I think he's an artist worth checking out. I think he's very interesting. Uh, like I said, it, like he definitely gives me that kind of Bowie vibe at times. And Bowie is an artist that like I've listened to but haven't really checked out, I feel like, or given full credit to what I need to. Like I know a good amount of Bowie songs, I feel like. Yeah, not as many as maybe I should for someone who enjoys music as much as I do. Um, but I definitely think the album's worth listening to. So if you're an indie fan or and, and his vocals, he uses his voice as an instrument exceptionally well, mm -hmm. like sings very melodically. Uh, you know, it's almost it's some singers, obviously, you hear them sing sometimes and um, not that they're not singing, but it it, it doesn't necessarily kind of i feel like fill out the song or bring more to the the, the recording itself yeah i feel like most of his <laughs> vocals on huh i'm just saying like you know if the vocal range is from c to d to e to d to d like you know it's yeah. just jumping between three notes and it's yeah. not really an but instrument. i feel like you know his vocal range is very wide uh and used very well as an instrument so it was really interesting to listen to it was something i never thought you know, I, if we weren't doing the show, I wouldn't have checked it out. So I'm happy that the show is driving things like this for me. And, and I'm, I'm learning more about, you know, artists like that. And so uh, just a little bit more on him though. He was born in Des Moines, Iowa, uh, Des Moines, Iowa, but raised in, in Washington. And uh, it's basically, uh, he just started recording music in uh, 2008 and he's had a very kind of rough life. He was bullied a lot uh, for being gay and that drove him to kind of the arts like painting and music. And yeah. then he, it sounds like in, from what I read briefly on him in, in the, you know, early or late 2000, like whatever the aughts in the late aughts, he started really diving into his music and, uh, doing more stuff so maybe i'll check out another album from next week or listen to a little bit more but like i said i think it's worth a listen and uh you know so check it out the the name is uh perfume genius and the album is called set my heart on fire immediately i'll uh, definitely check that out but yeah it was think, it, it was it was interesting yeah and i think when you can find that balance of abstract and accessible which I think some artists can do because sometimes you lean too far to one way where you're trying to be experimental and you're way out there and you really have to kind of open up your ideas of music to kind of pull, you know, whatever it is they're trying to say out of it. Yeah. Um, you know, but when you can kind of find that balance and I think Bowie was somebody who could do that, you know, where you push that envelope and from the very little I know about Bowie, but like, yeah, you can be artistic, you can express, you know, yourself and you can push the boundary and envelope of your sonic, uh, you know, expressions while mm -hmm. still following certain, uh, 
you know, certain patterns of music that people find relatable. And so I think that's what people look for, because sometimes when you kind of go too far away from that verse, chorus, verse, chorus, you know, bridge, outro sort of pattern, uh-huh. people, people just, you, you can't relate to it as well. Because yeah, it, it or it's, make, not as, it's not as comforting to the ear, so it's harder to accept. Yeah. And there are some songs on the album that, I mean, actually, I mean, I would say, from what I remember, there are multiple songs on the album that don't necessarily have that pattern. Mm-hmm. But I think he does a good job where the melody kind of keeps you there. Yeah. In, in, like, uh, I guess, kind of structurally or like mentally, it keeps you, keeps you there. It's, it's focused. So, I mean, even if you don't listen to the whole album, I would say the four tracks I listed are worth checking out. And I think you'll kind of get the range and the vibe that I'm talking about okay. just from listening to those four, uh, four songs. But On the Floor was was probably my favorite. It's a little more like, it's got kind of a poppy, like funk. There's almost like a funky vibe to the melody. Okay. But then he has some songs on there that are like really slow. Um, and that doesn't necessarily mean they're bad. It just means they're much slower paced and um, very vocally prominent, you know, where it's kind of almost just like maybe just the drum, a piano, and then his voice, you know. Uh, or that's maybe more so what you notice, but very interesting artists. Like I said, so it was cool. I'm glad, like I said, the show is, is getting us to dive more into stuff like this and just take random chance and see if we like something. And then if we like it, we, we talk about it. So, yeah. Um, and speaking of to go back to strand of Oaks, <laughs> we can never and, escape and my, and my morning jacket. Um, this is just a strand of Oaks show now. That's all it is. Uh, but you had mentioned my morning jacket and because of tall Tim, the Instagram user that we were kind of uh, chatting with via Instagram about music, which was cool. It's awesome. I think it's great that we have that ability in the world today. Uh, I went for a walk one night just cause I was bored and had nothing to do. And I put on, uh, I've known about my morning jacket for a while. I've never really dived into a lot of their music. Yeah. I've listened to some of it at times, but not with a whole lot of focus. So I figured, I was like, I'm going for a walk. My Morning Jacket was kind of on my mind. So I looked up what people ranked as their best album. That mm-hmm. album, according to the interweb, uh, the collective internet was Z, which came out in 2005. Yeah. And had the song Off the Record on it, which if you're new to the show, you've never heard the song Off the Record. You've probably heard it, maybe never knew you heard it or knew who it was by. Super catchy song, very much reminds me of The Clash. And I love The Clash. Um, but I thought the album was really enjoyable. I didn't really take any notes on it because I honestly forgot I listened to it until tonight because I had listened to so much other stuff when it was like right after we recorded the last episode. Um, so I will probably check out more My Morning Jacket this week in terms of just like straight just listening and trying to dive into their albums. Yeah. Because uh, they, to my, my, my feeling is they kind of have this weird vibe of, almost a jam band but not really but very much an indie band that i can totally get into um so i i'm I'm excited to listen to more of their music with more of a kind of like conscious focus i guess is the best way to describe it yeah and actually the only album i really know by them either is z 
Um, cause back in college, someone gave me like a mix CD that was just burnt and it was all these songs. And I think some other random ones that were out of order. And I remember listening uh-huh. to it for the longest time. And the one song that I didn't know the name of, because again, it was just a burnt CD with like track one, track two, track three, when I burnt it on uh-huh. my computer. Um, By the way, if you don't remember what burning CDs are, <laughs> kids, if we have any young listeners out there, um, you used to literally have to do download tracks and you couldn't just like stream illegally. them. Illegally. Yes, illegally. And hopefully not get a horrible, wretched virus yeah. on the computer that your parents just bought for you and or hopefully bought for you, depending. Um, but, you know, hopefully not get a wretched virus on your computer and then burn them to a blank CD, uh, which was similar to recording them on a tape off of the radio back in the day. They would inevitably get scratched and damaged and skip and be annoying. And, and then you would hopefully wash it off and, oh, it's working again. And <laughs> But those were great times, too. I loved that part of my life. Yeah. Um, but the one thing I will remember is that my favorite song off that album is Gideon. I think it's the third track officially off of Z. Um, okay. But um, – the build up and the end and the the outro of that song is just so like great and i love it now that you mention that i remember early in my walk there was a song and i couldn't remember the name of it but that actually sounds familiar mm-hmm. um where i pulled my phone out because i wanted to make sure i knew what track it was and i think that may have been it so when we're done with this, I'm going to go back and listen to it and make sure. But I think I this is ringing a bell. So <laughs> it's funny because two week, two or three weeks ago, I wrote this song down as one that I wanted to talk about. And oddly uh-huh. enough, out of all of the albums in the world, I know, right? It came, time up, it came up naturally. Yeah, but this is not scripted. We're not going around here. This was not made up. We didn't plan this, so nope. that's awesome. Yeah, I don't think we can awesome. script it. I can't read. <laughs> um but no gideon uh check it out it's amazing its song will like make your your whole life yeah it's amazing uh yeah man Uh, i think go ahead i was gonna say in terms of like new music and really kind of pushing into uh to new things and this isn't actually totally new but one thing i've really been digging into the last week was um it's this it's a group called Brock Ham- uh, Brockhampton. Okay. So I don't know. Have you heard I, of them? I've heard the name many times. I yeah. don't know if I've heard any songs from, I may have heard one, but not known it was their song, but I have heard Brockhampton's name through all the concerts I've gone to festivals, things like that. I've heard it mentioned many, many times, but please continue. Yeah, and the one that I got into was Saturation 2, which I think in 2016 or 17, um, they put out Saturation 1, 2, and 3 all in the span of like a year and a half. And it was like Brockhampton is this group of about 15 guys, and it's led by Kevin Abstract, who's sort of the leader of the group, I guess you could say, and founder. Um, And it's hard to keep them all in check because I don't know all of them and I don't know enough about them to really say who is who and who does what I know but it's sort of 
Dude, <laughs> bullshit. Uh, but I listened to Saturation 2, and then I watched a live performance of them, and it's like six or seven guys up on stage, but they really just, like, as far as, like, modern-day rap groups, and they call themselves a boy band, which I find really interesting. <laughs> Cause, That's very funny. Yeah. As somebody, <laughs> like, mean, there's it's a show. It's all guys, right? It is. So technically it's a boy band. And I think Kevin Abstract, like at the time that they founded that, that group, um, Brockhampton was 2014. And so I think the guy who founded it, they haven't been around that long. No. And so they actually met on a Kanye West message board and like some of the guys. (laughs) That is fucking awesome. Yeah. So some of the guys kind of knew each other, but it was like, the name of the website was Kanye to the, and then it's just like blank, but that is amazing. Yeah. So I think some of the guys actually knew each other in real life, like just a few of them, but the whole group encompasses, I think about 15 guys and it may have been smaller to start and expanded. And I know one of the guys, the guy who's actually on the cover um, of the saturation one, two and three, I think Amir van Mm-hmm. Uh, was actually and he's probably one of my favorite of the rappers on the album um in terms of his content and basically what he says um was actually kicked out of the band in i think 2018 or 19 last year maybe um for sexual misconduct and everything um it's disappointing yeah and so it sucks because it's a guy who like has quoted many times about his like rough um, upbringing um, in terms of like selling drugs, being arrested, like all these different things. And then he finds this group like Brockhampton and they basically, they're like a fraternity that just, you know, puts on concerts. These guys seem just like, they seem like they're all best friends and it's just a really cool dynamic. And there's something uh-huh. like really creative about what they put together and there's an energy okay. to it and i think that's why they put out like three albums in the course of like a year and a half two years and like reading about it it was just because when you have, if you have 15 people yeah and like they, there's a lot of creativity going on there well even some of the like some of the lines in their lyrics are basically talking about how yes this this might sound all the same but right now we're at such a creative high in terms of the yeah. stuff that we're putting out yeah. That we don't want to stop the momentum of what we're yeah. doing. That's really cool. Yeah. And so it's also cool. I've, n- I've never, like I said, I've never listened to them. So I'm excited about it. Yeah. I honestly, um, I've been digging it. I, I think the set was from it was some festival, I think put on by Tyler, the creator, but it was a live set. And I think their set got cut short cause it was only 30 minutes, but it was just mm-hmm. like the dudes came out and like, it was just high energy the entire set like i don't know there's a dynamic between all of them and because they they range from a different set of backgrounds i guess like um you know Mm -hmm. it's just they they really kind of come together but they look like they're having a ton of fun um yeah i just really really dug that album the other thing is that they kind of rap about things that you don't normally rap about in the modern day rap scene like for instance uh kevin abstract the the leads the guy who basically founded it is gay okay he raps about it and there's one line i think it was in the song called junkie Uh uh-huh 
where he basically talks about why you always rap about being gay. It's like, because there's no other rappers that are gay. And it's like basically this idea that, you know, they, they're expressing things that are kind of very personal. It's not all just about like, you know, Bentleys or, you know, money or whatever. And some of it is like, some of it is because that's just rap music, but yeah. Like when you start digging deeper into the lyrics, yeah, they really get into certain things. Like they get into sort of just, um, it's just more personal. Yeah. Like, uh, some of them like rap about like people womanizing, and treating women poorly <laughs> like mm-hmm. usually that's kind of the flip of what you traditionally think about rap music yeah. in terms of like women are objects in rap music but these guys yeah. are kind of talking about like treat them with respect like that's my mm-hmm. that's my mother that's my sister that's my cousin mm-hmm. like um so you know of what i know that i've dug into the last week i fully plan on going forward and listening to more of their stuff and following that's them awesome that's really cool but again, it's like, never would have dug this stuff out. I, never would have. I've, know, I've seen that know. album for three years on like best of lists and stuff. And I've yeah. never given a shot because I'm just like, oh, it's probably mumble rapper. <laughs> <laughs> but it, it truly, and the, I think the beats and the. The production. Uh, yeah, it was just, you know, it wasn't just your traditional generic beat. Like there was some. Yeah creativity to it and i think again when you put 15 guys together in a room you're gonna, you're get, gonna get yeah that's so. awesome man i like it i same thing and i hope we continue to say this every week i hope every week we're like i'm having fun diving into shit i normally wouldn't dive into like that's you and i have always been talking about music for years and we've always looked to each other in terms of like finding new stuff to listen to and now we've created like a very forceful way for us to find new stuff. Yeah. And I'm having a lot of fun doing it. And speaking of that, um, something really cool happened this week that uh, like you weren't aware of until I told you about it later when I said, check the messages on Instagram. Um, yeah. But we were, so I had put out an Instagram post uh, just kind of talking about what we had talked about on the show and hashtagging it with all the bands that, um, we had mentioned on the previous episode and uh, I got a notification saying somebody named Monster Heart had, uh, had liked our post. So I sent them a message on Instagram just saying, thanks for liking the post. I hope you have time to listen to the podcast. We're having a lot of fun making it. We hope you like it. And I clicked on this person's profile and found that they were an artist, um, a musician of their own. And I love the name, by the way. I think Monster Heart's a dope name. Uh, <laughs> but she's from Austria. Uh, so I don't know. It's, the, the internet is crazy. The world is social media. It's awesome that we got to make this connection. Um, and so I saw that she had like her album out on Spotify via her Instagram. So I was like, well, this whole show is about discovering new music. So whatever. Like, I'll go check this out. So I found... Uh, her most popular song um, or the, the new, the newest song was called flowers. And so I sent her a message. I, I put the song on real quick and I go, is this your song with the dolphin video? <laughs> and it's this girl with, you know, like playing with this dolphin, like at like almost like a sea world, that type of thing. And um, the song it is looks like a camcorder. Like, yeah, it was video. great. 
it was great. I thought the video was awesome. Just, um, but the song is called Flowers. The artist's name is Monster Heart. She's a very good singer. It's a very simple song. It's kind of this like synth pop. It's definitely got an 80s vibe to it. And it definitely seems like that's something I'm noticing so much just from doing this show is how much the vibe, that tone of like some of the 80s music and early 90s stuff that we were very young to hear when we were kids, but we definitely heard it, you know, and it's something I recognize, obviously, like the tone of it. Yeah. Uh, but I thought the song was awesome. So I just messaged her and I said, is this your song? And she was like, yeah. And I was like, don't take this the wrong way, but like, it's really simple and I think it's really awesome. Mm -hmm. um, but it was cool to make that connection and like to find that somebody that liked our post was making these songs and making this record. And uh, I listened to a couple other songs and I enjoyed those too. Like, so shout out to Monster Heart. Thanks for following. And, and hopefully you listened, you know, you listened last week and you listened this week. Yeah. Um, but it was really cool. And I know after I had mentioned it to you, you were like, dude, that's awesome. I, and you listen to the song too. So I really liked it too. I think it yeah. was, and I'm very curious to see if that music video is actually a video of her from younger or if it was a modern day video that was shot on like an old a high eight cam. Yeah. Because yeah. I don't really know, but it was, um, because everything about it looked retro, like the Giants logo on the hat of the girl. Yeah, dude, um, and it still had it had the like the, the, like the cable, um, you know, kind of waves getting in the way, uh, like almost like you know when you like adjust your tracking on the VHS. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, but exactly. I actually like I was trying to find a little bit more because I know that I think the the other song I liked was called Salam. Um, okay. I think it was on Spotify, and I checked a couple of those out too. But yeah, it was good. And I really, I think it's at like the two minute, 10 second mark or something. It, it kind of cuts into like a, I don't know if it's like a minor tone or whatever, but on the, um, cause again, not on, a musical professional. On flowers or on, on flowers. Yeah. Um, so yeah, when it gets to the bridge. Yeah. And that yeah. part, um, like I just really, everything, especially right after that, like onward. And yeah. I actually found like a short little interview that she did on like a blog post from I think 2012. Oh, wow. Yeah. And because um, <laughs> I, I don't want to get anything wrong, especially if she ends up listening to this. Um, <laughs> but she described her music as graveyard pop because she's always using organs. And I think it's the same person. Again, it was kind of a, a random blog post, but it looked like the same person. Um, yeah. But I thought it was such like a really good description of the music because graveyard pop and like because there's sort of organs there's yeah synthesizers no i can definitely like from listening just to flowers i can yeah and there's actually I, another song that's called like monster heart mm -hmm. like, yeah there's the, a song yeah. called monster heart. yeah which yes yeah it's like so. bad company's bad company yeah <laughs> so which came first the band or the song but, but um, I thought it was really good and, and it was really weird. Like I said, like I saw that she had like liked the post and I saw that she was obviously creating music. Yeah. And I was like, well, I might as well check it out. So I did. Um, but it was really cool. Well, and, go ahead. I was going to say the other thing that kind of led to that. And I mean, um, not to cut you off, but there was no, you're fine. Um, another guy, Half Man Sings was uh -huh. the the account um so I, I was digging around spotify trying to find half man um which is the band and the album was called room to grow 
and it was sort of this Americana folk, you know, some sad oh, songs. Oh, right up your alley, Steve. Oh, yeah, I love it. Americana <laughs> folk? It cuts um, to the core of me, Baxter. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, I mean, I based on, like, the pictures, and again, don't know the guy, just giving my honest opinion of what I could interpret. Um, but he seems like a tall guy with kind of a deeper voice, got the long uh-huh. beard. And um, the song New Year Headlock was okay. the first track off of Room to Grow, which is, I think it was about eight songs, maybe a little EP, but it was, I think lyrically in terms of that storytelling and that scene setting that folk does so well. And that's the thing that yeah. I'm drawn to. Yeah, absolutely. You like and I you, have always, you and I have always talked about how much we enjoy that. Yeah, because if you can basically put headphones on, listen to a song, and you're in the room with the characters that yeah. are in the song, to me, that's successful. And yeah, absolutely. That's, and it's not easy to do. Yeah. And so that first track is kind of, um, it sort of seems to describe like a lonely person opening a $7 bottle of wine. Like, and it's like, again, it's, it's sad Americana folk songs, but it's really something that I'm drawn to. And I love those sad songs. Yeah. I know. I so know. Half Man... Uh, I think is the name of the band. Half Man Sings was the uh, the guy who uh, was on Instagram. But again, it's cool that you know in today's day and age, between Bandcamp, SoundCloud, Instagram, yeah, all these um, new bands that are up and coming that you can discover just by reaching out and talking to somebody mm-hmm. is really cool. You know, because it is not- super cool. And I don't want this. I don't want our show, obviously, or the what whatever this is, to become an instagram shout out podcast but <laughs> but it was super cool to to have those experiences it was it was it was very cool and obviously the show's new so maybe this is something that happens more regularly but it, it was very cool especially when honestly they were tracks that we really enjoyed and i didn't listen to the half man sing stuff so um that's written on my list and i'll have to check it out but yeah. Uh, it's been, it was cool to have those experiences. And going back to, you were talking about Brock Hampton. Last week we had talked about Run the Jewels. And so I went and listened to some of Run the Jewels 4. I didn't finish the whole album. But just compared to like, like another thing I listened to this week, and we've talked about how we don't want this show to be like a bashing of records or albums or things of that nature. Um, I had looked up, like I said, the best so far of 2020 and the future album, um, which I can't remember the name of right now and I apologize, but Future's album was on there. And so I was like, I've heard the name before. I was like, I'll check it out. I didn't enjoy it at all. That's all I'm High Off Life. High Off Life, yes. Which I like the name of the album, by the way, but uh, the album did not get me High Off Life in any way, shape or form. but that's me, man. That's me. And but he, like, he's oh, been on those lists before. Um, yeah. And again, it's not personally up my avenue, and I don't like the overly auto-tuned. Um, again, don't know how to describe it, but it's that sort of hi hat, like. Yeah, like trap beat. Yeah, and so like kind of skip through the first four tracks. Cause I know once you had sent that to me, I was like, maybe I'll give it a listen. Maybe I'll see something different. Mm-hmm. Um, and maybe it's just cause I'm getting older and don't get yeah. like the new trends. Yeah. Um, 
but yeah, I had a, I had a hard time sort of like seeing and distinguishing because a lot of those songs were the same songs that were on previous albums of his that I have like just briefly, you know, entertained okay. for a little bit. But you know, and not everything's gonna be up your wheelhouse. It's not oh, gonna always sound no, good. Dude. Not at all. But again, like, you tried it. Yeah, and it, it, like I know more about it, and that's cool. And dude, there were there were songs that I didn't think were like, you know, great. I thought they were okay, and then there were other songs where I'm like, I didn't really enjoy this at all. Yeah. But when I compare, like that stuff, that genre of hip hop to like what Run the Jewels is doing, like we grew up in an era where, you know, like Dr. Dre and was doing so much musically and yes there's a lot of samples in it but like melodically what he was doing and there was so much more i felt like like narrative rap going on not that there wasn't talk about drugs and money and cars and stuff like that yeah but just the the way that the songs were written uh lyrically i feel like were so much different and had so much more uh of a flow behind them that I don't know the stuff today is harder for me to really like I'm comparing it to you know what I would say or or a lot I feel like a lot of people would say like Dr. Dre and Snoop Dogg like that stuff they were doing in the early 90s Tupac Biggie you know that stuff of hip-hop legends you know what I mean yeah well we were lucky enough to grow up with that. So I feel like it's very hard to compare, you know, or to really like, maybe the bar was set too high for us. <laughs> I don't know. It's true. But I mean, it's also the stuff that, you know, is topping the charts right now. You know, those I, are the- And I understand that. Yeah. I'm, but, a, I'm a, now I'm a middle-aged white guy. So what do I know? Yeah. I mean, it's like, <laughs> Um, cause I, I've never really, I could, couldn't really get into that, like Travis Scott, like future, like Lil Uzi Vert, like that, mm-hmm. like that stuff to me, just, it doesn't connect. Like I like trying to dig into lyrics a little bit. Um, and if it's not the lyrics that get me, I want to hear sort of like a more unique beat and production yeah. behind it. Um, and you know, you get people kind of doing that and they would really push boundaries in terms of like what they would sample and what Mm -hmm. they could use, especially back in the day. And, you know, I don't know if you want to get into the good copy, bad copy thing, but like, um, like beastie boys used to sample things like all the time. Oh yeah, absolutely, man. But you had to like pick out certain sounds and really kind of build this, this sound out of, you know, things that you piece together. So there was like thought that went into it as opposed to basically pro tools, which allows you to basically, you know, just hit a loop, like a hit a drum machine and just let it go and then wrap over top of it. Well, and that, so. and that's the thing, like when I've listened to what, like from what I heard from run the jewels before, and then listening to like the run the jewels Four album or like the, I think I got through the first like six or seven tracks of it, but just like instantaneously through like the first you know, four or five songs, I was like, this is exponentially better than most of the hip hop I've heard in the last like five years. Oh yeah. Well, cause it, it makes you think. Yeah. Well that, and like, I've always loved killer Mike from the moment I heard the whole world by outcast. 
you know, like he's on that song. And when I heard that, I never song, knew that. Yeah, that's Killer Mike in the third. It's I believe it's the third verse. I can song. picture it in my head right yeah, now. I did not know that. The third verse is Killer Mike, and I literally was like, "That verse is awesome. Who is this?" And it was Killer Mike. And yeah. now I feel like Killer Mike is, you know, I always really that that opened my eyes to him. And it's not like I followed him throughout his career or anything like that, but I think it's awesome that he's having so much success with Run the Jewels. But it, it's just, you know. I think he's one of the most respected people in terms of that, you know, the rap scene right now in terms of what he says and what he has to say. And yeah, um, I think people of many different walks of life stop and pay attention when someone like him starts singing and i think that's something that's really cool about the run the jewels albums yeah um, but and i appreciate you for bringing up run the jewels for because it was not something i had thought of recently yeah um so it was fun to go and listen to it and i forget what the first track on the album was i know we had talked about last yankee week. and the brave i think was but it was the one you said you know it makes you want to like run through a brick wall and it was awesome the first track on the album was great yeah um but yeah, that's kind of like most of the stuff I listened to this week. I did check out um, the the Beck Morning Phase album. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I do want to say, sorry, Go before ahead. we jump onto that, I do want to say that I know Ed has mentioned that we should watch Hip Hop Evolution on Netflix. Oh, on Netflix, yeah. And I think just sort of this conversation that we're having, just to see how hip hop got from there to here. Mm-hmm because it is a, a cool journey. And I mean, I haven't seen the show, but to get mm-hmm. a better understanding of where it went from, you know, the hippity hop stuff of the eighties. <laughs> oh like, my God, we've never sounded so white. <laughs> <of course. laughs> but like, and then you move into like the gangster rap of like the nineties and then, you know, sort of like, I don't yeah, know, like, I think I like Nelly, but like, as it's progressed through like these different things, because nothing has sounded so different, like guitars and drums and bass, like, yes, they change, but because like with, with hip hop and rap, you have, you know, a, a computer and tools at your disposal to create different sounds that you can't make really with different genres of music. Like if you have a, a band that has guitars, bass and drums, you're kind of limited to what you can make. I'm not saying completely, but like there's, there's room for like a lot of change over the years. I think like listening to eighties rap music versus like today's rap music. I think there's just such a difference that um, all I'm saying is that we should probably shout out to Ed, go listen to hip hop evolution. Cause I know he is. Or, or watch, watch hip hop evolution yeah. on Netflix, right? It's on Netflix. Yeah. So I believe with, Anthony Shane uh, has told me to watch Hip Hop Evolution as well. Okay. Uh, so but, getting back to the Morning Phase stuff. But yeah, I listened to Morning Phase. I still didn't listen to Sea Change. I, what I heard from Morning Phase, I really enjoyed. Mm-hmm. I feel like it's a very accurate name for the album. It is the type of album like on an early Sunday morning I could very much see myself listening to. The first time, uh, <laughs> the first time I listened to that album. I was hungover driving to work in the morning as the sun was coming up and 
um, the the it was just sort of like the perfect opening. Like yes, Sunday morning it basically yeah. yes. That's I'm surprised it didn't make you fall asleep and thankfully not crash your car. Uh, no, I was I was being safe. I wasn't like seriously yeah. hungover, but it was yeah. like I'm tired. But, I don't want to be dry. Yes, uh, but yeah, uh, morning phase. I thought it was really good. Uh, what I listened to, uh, it's definitely our conversation about you know hyperspace from last week. And, you know, going into this week has made me um, appreciate Beck even more, which it's really fun to kind of go from album to album and see kind of the the overall tone. It's weird because I almost felt like Morning Phase almost had the vibe of like an acoustic version of hyperspace, if that makes any sense. Like the tone, the overall tone of hyperspace had a similar tone to morning phase, but morning phase was almost done more like acoustic guitar wise. Yeah. Whereas hyperspace was almost done more like keyboard and synth pop tone. If that makes sense. Maybe yeah, I'm crazy it, and I sound stupid, but I yeah, maybe it's the same artist with a different set of tools. Um, I mean, from what I had heard of sea change, um, it was I still didn't listen to sea change. I still haven't done it. The intro to Sea Change was so much like the. It was a similar feeling I got listening to the intro of Morning Phase in terms okay. of a lot of that sort of instrumentation and the mm -hmm. the album kind of had that sort of dreamy days to it. Um, dreamy, I feel like, is a very good way to describe Morning Phase. Yeah, and I think um, my favorite track on that album was probably Blue Moon. Okay. Um, and it, the reason I got into it was it, it kept getting recommended um, every time I threw on like a war on drugs radio, like recommended you might like kind of things. Um, it always got, it would like show up in those playlists. I would put on Pandora and Blue Moon would almost like always show up on that. So that's how I kind of got into back in morning phase and everything. But you were right in terms of the instrumentation that he um, basically did a lot of that. If you go on Wikipedia and it's like the, the track listing of who's done what, like there's a list of like 20 different instruments he plays on that album. Oh, for uh, for Sea Change and, and Morning Phase? For Morning Phase, at least. I don't oh, know about okay. Sea Change, but... Yeah, like I said, as far as I know, like he's... I mean, he kind of does like everything on his own, but... Uh, yeah, I mean, I listened to that um, and and enjoyed it thoroughly. And then I'm trying to think, uh, was there anything else new that we didn't talk about that you had listened to? Like, like meaning non-homework assignments, nothing kind of being rehashed from last week that, that you listened to? Jeff Rosenstock's No Dream. Okay. So... Um, I know we've talked about Jeff Rosenstock in the past and for those of you who don't know he came from like sort of bomb the music industry was the ska band ska punk band that he came out of early on um, okay. which also had I think Laura Stevenson in it and uh, it was like a high energy like ska punk band that came out and then he went solo and he put out um, the albums We Cool, Worry, uh, he dropped Post, I think, 
Worry was the one that you had told me about that I had listened to not too I long. love Worry. Yeah, Worry is amazing. And I thought Worry was re- – I thought it was really good. I was it's, – it's funny because that type of conversation that we had had is kind of what started to stem a lot of the thought of doing this show. <laughs> yeah. Well, because it was such a uh, – I think everything was on the right level in terms of the energy, the uh, – you know, it was weird enough, but it still was like just fun. It was accessible. It was funny. Um, you know, cause I think Jeff Rosenstock as a person is very sarcastic and very like in his lyrics, just a funny person, I think. Um, and if you watch him play a show, you know, just like the, the banter that he has between sets is uh, pretty worth watching. But so, yeah, No Dream he put out not too long ago. Is that um, from like 2019? 20? No, it's from this year. It's, oh, okay, cool. Yeah. So it's about new music, so I'm glad it's from 2020. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, but he, he churns out music, it seems like, nonstop. It seemed like Post only came out like a year and a half ago, which I, and oh, what, yeah. he, what he does is he has like no promotional lead up. He just drops albums. Oh, okay. So I know No Dream, I think, came out like that. But there's a couple songs in there that I really liked. Um, Scram was an album or a song I liked. Uh, the last track on the album, Ohio Turnpike. Um, but they're all spelled. Ohio Turnpike was the last. But they're all spelled like weird. So you have to kind of like. Well, I'm going to look up the album itself. That'll be on my homework assignment for this week. Yeah. So. Um, but no, it's, we are it's, getting we are getting to that point. I think we are just over an hour again. Of course. Do we <laughs> dig into the mailbag? We'll make a quick mailbag run. Mail time! Mail, mail time, time! Mail time! Uh, go ahead, man. It's our show. We can do whatever the hell we want. We'll we'll and edit it in post. Don't like it? I'm sorry, but we're we're trying to. Uh, I, we go ten days without without really discussing what we listen to, uh, well, except for here and there. So the Fourth of July made it hard. So hopefully this time will be more like week to week, and maybe maybe many episodes in between. That's a good but, thought process, but I'm gonna just go ahead and say that might not happen. Probably, <laughs> but um, without getting too much into it, the um, we'll, let's just go into the mailbag. So it's Matt Levy's pick of the week. Oh, so is Matt three times. Matt three. is literally like a co-host of the Repeat show without the ever showing up. Um, so I, he had mentioned the song, the, uh, the Messenger's Gates. Yeah. Which w- was off of uh, The Impossible Past. Yeah. Which to me is not my favorite Messenger's album. Uh, I think After the Party has got to be my favorite one. Um, I know a lot of people who listen to On The Impossible Past really think that's kind of like the pinnacle but unfortunately i just missed out i think when that came but that's the one that has like ava house obituaries on it um but there's like a certain like sound and nostalgia to it maybe on the impossible fast is my favorite record of those without a doubt is it i'm a big fan of uh, after the party i think so i mean and i spent a lot of time i'm sorry i didn't say anything Oh, you just froze up. There was like a crazy delay. So we apologize to our listeners for whatever the hell just happened. But that's what happens when you're working with the internet sometimes. Um, so 
on the impossible pass, having spent a lot of time at the gym, listening to Menzinger's albums while I'm on the treadmill, um, because as a band you recently introduced me to, and I'm so happy we went and saw them live. It was so much fun. Uh, but, um, that is my favorite, uh, I think my favorite record without a doubt. Yeah. I mean, it's, there's definitely kind of looking at it again. I think I'm just, the thing that after the party really kind of hit home with me for is just the fact that the track opens with what are we going to do when our twenties are over? Which is a great song, an absolutely fantastic song. Uh, and it was like right after my 30th birthday. <laughs> the blues, the blues riffs uh, that, that carry that song are great. Like as somebody that plays a lot of blues music. Yeah. Uh, guitar wise, like um, I absolutely love that song. Yeah. Love that song. There's, and I think there's just a lot of things that, well, that was my gateway into Menzingers. And so it's kind of like a first love, you know, you just. Funny how you that. call them the Menzingers because I call them the Menzingers. Uh, maybe <laughs> that's how it is. I honestly have never looked. I don't know. Up. I could Who be knows? right. Could be wrong. Who knows? Yeah. I don't even know what it means. What is a Menzing? I don't, I don't know. Is it like a lozenge? Menzing? <laughs> Menzingers? Menzingers. But, like anyway. Man jokes? Uh, maybe. Ah, uh, never thought of it. Now it's gonna bug me. I'm not gonna sleep tonight. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, uh, so no. I mean, well, I just I have a, a personal connection to that that album in terms of everything on that album was about, you know, again, like I hit thirty. The whole album's about them basically turning thirty mm-hmm. and like realizing we're playing in a punk band, singing about younger things, like let's sing about older people things, like. Yeah. Um, I know another track on that album is called Lookers. Yeah. And the whole idea of like, we were both lookers in the old days. Yeah. About how like getting older, you're getting softer around the edges. Yeah. But it's look as good as you once used to. Yeah. And it's just about getting lost in that, that old picture where you're like, man, I remember when I used to look young and I used to be like that. Yeah. So it was all kind of about, and after the party might be the best song that they've ever written. Uh, no, I will agree very much so that after the party is up there. Um... And there was, if I think you showed me the music video, but one of the top comments was from somebody and it was like, you know, a thousand likes or whatever. But I think it was somebody said, this music video makes me miss something I never experienced. <laughs> it was, <laughs> I'll find it. I have to find it. That's um, great. That's a great comment. Um, it's, it basically it summed it up so perfectly in terms of what that band like kind of means. Um, so I agree with you. It's a band that um, it was very interesting because I felt like for a while I hadn't really discovered anything new to listen to. And again, uh, you came through with them and suggested them to me. And I remember I told you I had listened to one of the albums and said, nah, it's just okay. And then like a couple of months later, I went back to it. It grows. It grows I, I went you. back and I listened to it again. And I remember I said, okay, it's really like, it's really coming together for me. Yeah. Which is always a great feeling when you find something new to connect with musically. Um, but I, I really enjoyed it. And uh, yeah, I just, I don't know that, 
their, their whole genre grew on me. And uh, what's the song that goes, and I will fuck this up? Is that Obituaries? Yeah, that's Obituaries. Yeah. So, like, to me, that song, it, like, is, is probably up there for me with After the Party. Mm -hmm. um, and After the Party is great. Um, this show was amazing, though. It was, it was super fun, man. It was so much fun. And I've really enjoyed... Don't you miss concerts? Huh? <laughs> Don't you miss concerts? Dude, three weeks, man. Three weeks. I get to go to one. Woo! Uh, but um, I, I did really enjoy kind of like, you know, having this whole discography of stuff that was similar to the stuff that I grew up loving, like the punk music I grew up loving, but being able to kind of rediscover it now as, as an older person. Uh, it was a lot of fun, and, and I've really grown to love the band, and I haven't listened to them. I haven't listened to them in probably like two months, which means tomorrow my day will probably be filled with a lot of Menzi. <laughs> Did you listen to Hello Exile? They're... Yeah, I listened to the whole album. I love uh, the that last track on that album, Farewell Youth. I, I don't remember the I mean, I listened to the whole album, but I, I don't remember it specifically. Yeah, the single off of it that they released, uh, I thought was great. Yeah, the America, uh, you're freaking me out. Yeah, America, I love you, but you're freaking me out. Such a good line. I think it captivates, uh, especially right so now. So much of what's going on in the last like year, like yeah, it, it's it hits home so well that line. Um, but speaking of of kind of things that. I don't know. I don't even remember where we got, how we got onto that, but um, <laughs> Gates. Yeah. Oh, you mentioned the Levy stuff and, and that's what it was. And I wanted to mention one more thing before we started wrapping up the now longer than the first two episodes. Uh, oh, third shit. episode. <laughs> <laughs> I told you it was going to happen, dude. It's tough. Uh, dude, you get the two of us talking about music, man. It's 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 not going to hold back. Uh, we've been doing this our whole lives, and we love it, and it's super fun. I watched the Wolfpack Madison Square Garden show. I loved it so damn much, I watched it twice. And I will tell you right now that the comments from that show, because you had mentioned YouTube comments, that's what made me think of it. The comments from that show are so good there were people that were like, one guy had said, or one person had said, uh, I've never even heard of this band, but I have watched this show like three times since quarantine started. <laughs> Another person said, I can't believe this show is free. I feel like I'm stealing. <laughs> like the level and, and the musicianship and the rotation of bands. And, the, and then one guy pointed out that the cameraman shoots the entire thing with one camera in one take. I didn't even realize. Exactly. I, I mean, you I haven't seen it, but... You didn't notice it because, well, you didn't see it, but you're so focused. I, I watched like the first five minutes and it was one guy kind of walking around on stage and I'm guessing that same guy is the one filming. The whole yeah, uh, but it was great. It was awesome. Uh, no, he actually plays in the band. Um, but the comments oh. to the video are fantastic. Um, it is a funk party. They are great musicians. I thoroughly, and, and like, I've seen the band live and they were great. And I, I've known about them now for about like three or so years. And I've listened to probably, you know, whatever, like maybe 20 or 
25 of their songs. Like it was probably what I had heard prior yeah. to kind of diving or maybe even less than that, but I don't claim to be a Wolfpack Peck expert in any sense of the imagination. Great band, exceptional musicians. 1512. Yes, exactly. Perfect case in point. 1612 and uh, funky duck. Uh, and uh, put it in my pocket. Like, those were the songs that I was thinking of last week that I couldn't remember all of them. Uh, but great band. I highly encourage all of you, if you're looking for something kind of relaxing and fun in that kind of style of like almost Stevie Wonder, uh, 70s, fun, like they're a great band. They're exceptional. Um, I thoroughly encourage everybody to check it out. But I think we've kind of touched on everything I wanted to talk about. Is there anything else you wanted to add to make the show 10 minutes longer than it's already been? Ah, I think at this point, I think we hit basically <laughs> everything. Uh, Wolfpack, I did listen to 1612. I listened to their studio stuff, which I was really kind of a fan of. Um, They're really I, good, aren't they? Yeah, and I know there's other stuff in the mailbag. Uh, one thing, our anonymous requester asked me to talk about Four Years Strong. Um, Go on. It's our good. show. We can do whatever the hell we want. So, we didn't even talk about sex, Squatch. No, we didn't. But, um, but yeah, four years strong. Just, I, I don't even know what to say about it at this. Point. Just, what's the album? What was the first? What was the second album? The the album that was requested was Four Years Strong. Um, explains it all. Oh, see, I would disagree. I would rather have. Uh, what was the album that we loved so so much? Rise or Die Trying. Rise or Die Trying is way better than Explains It All. But Explains It All is a cover album. Check it out. It's fun. It's entertaining. The last more set at the Smashing Pumpkins. Check it out. Everything uh, 90s you could hope for. Yeah. Every 90s like top 10 hit you ever heard on kind of like a rock or indie or kind of rock indie pop station is covered on that album um, in a in a generally pretty unique fashion and it's very fun uh, but yeah uh rise or die trying was an album that i could put on right now and, and rock out very hard to so I, I if you've never heard of them check it out <laughs> perfect uh but that's gonna do it for episode three which according to my timestamp, i think we started at 11.05 which means we're now like an hour and 20 which is getting outrageous, but well, we're, having, we're, we're having fun talking about music and we hope the people listening are enjoying it too. And if you don't listen to the whole thing, fine, but we hope that you get something out of it. We hope you find something new. Um, and if you have suggestions, you have comments, hit us on YouTube, uh, send it to us on Spotify. What's the, what's the email account we have again? off.key.podcast at gmail.com. There you go. Send us, tell us why we suck or don't suck or what we should listen to. Um, but we're having a lot of fun doing this and we hope you're having fun listening. Uh, we know Matt Levy's having fun listening and a couple other people. And um, and as long as we're having fun doing it and, and you guys are having fun listening, we're going to keep doing it and keep trying to listen to new stuff and check out new things and expand our horizons. So, uh, but anything else you want to add, man? Uh, no, I, I think we're running. <laughs> yeah. So as you said last week, uh, cue the music. Music.